If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Do you start your day deciding which video game you're gonna play? You fight with your family over which is better, Marvel or DC. The geek of all of your friends, cause you know what Batman beats Superman. This is the right place to be, so turn up the volume cause you're an alter geek. Alter geek, get altered, geek, 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 alter geek. From Star Wars to Star Trek, comics to tech, alter Hello and welcome to Altered Geek. I'm your host, Steve Megatron Phillips, and joining me this week is Mike the Birdman Dodd. That's right, your one and only geek from Twig, the flagship of stupidity. I'm joining Steve this week as we decide to do things a little bit different here on Altered Geek this week. We're going to do things with bringing you the news that is, that was, and forever shall be from the world of geek, nerd, and dweeb. But we're also going to do something a little bit more fun this week, a little bit more interactive, if you will. Oh yes, yes. This will be this will be a lot of fun, actually. Um, so, in the meantime, I think we should get to the Power Rangers news, which is which is awesome. And I was vaguely aware of it, but I yeah. wasn't like fully um, knowledgeable. Yes, uh, as of this recording, we're recording this on Tuesday, August twenty eighth. Uh, this is National Power Rangers Day. It has been declared, and today celebrates the 25th anniversary of when the show first premiered on Fox Kids Television, where it was shown in over 100 markets, reaching over 5 million kids uh, during its premiere. And uh, Nickelodeon, who now has the exclusive rights to Power Rangers, I think through 2021, I want to say, if not beyond that, uh, showed the anniversary episode called Dimensions in Danger, which was uh, basically the huge crossover. Now, every couple of years, they'll do a crossover episode. Basically, every series typically crosses over with one another uh, if they can. And this year was they brought back Wes from Time Force, Tommy, Oliver, who is everyone's favorite Power Ranger, um, Gia from Super Megaforce and, and Megaforce, Coda from, uh, from Dino Charge, uh, Steve Cardenas, who was the second Red Ranger from Mighty Morphin. They brought they, over... 
Did they have him as the Mighty Morphin, or did they have him as Turbo or Zeo? They had him as Mighty Morphin. Actually, they actually did have Zeo in this, which really surprised me. They had Tommy has this new morpher. So, by the way, guys, spoilers. If you haven't seen the episode, too late now, fuckers. Um, <laughs> Tommy turns into the Black Dino Charge Ranger, turns into Red Zeo, uh, turns into White Mighty Morphin, uh, Green... Mighty Morphin, and yeah, he does all those, but he doesn't turn into Red Turbo. But there is the Pink Turbo Ranger, so Cat's there. Nice. Um, I'm trying to think who else is there. Um, da, 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 da. I know I'm missing people. Oh, there's Gemma from Power Rangers RPM. She was the Silver RPM Ranger. Um, I know I'm missing others. I know. Oh, there's uh, TJ from Power Rangers in Space. And, uh, yeah, basically the plot of the episode is a guy called Lord Dravon, so not Lord Draken, would have, which is from the Power Just comics, but I'll talk about that in just a minute or two, wants to shatter the dimensions and have an army of evil rangers at his and Madame Odious's command. And uh, Wes, the red time force ranger, comes across space and time with Gemma and Coda uh, to basically stop him. And... Uh, what you get is more or less better than, way better than the legendary battle from Super Mega Force. Not as cool as Once a Ranger, and just a little bit less cool than Forever Red. Because uh, Forever Red had Serpentera get taken down like a bitch. You um, <laughs> got to get a, a guy on a surfboard. Come on. Um, but overall, it was really cool. It ran the full 30 minutes on uh, Nickelodeon. I have a feeling there'll be an extended cut probably on Netflix in a few months. So, uh, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. And if you've been following Power Rangers over this last year, um, Boom Studios has been doing this awesome comic book series. Started in issue 25, ran through Go Go Power Rangers number eight, and I think ran through issue 12, which just came out this last month. Finally ends in Shattered Grid number one. Shattered Grid finale number one comes out uh, tomorrow, so new comic book day. It's not out yet. And we see what happens when Lord Draken goes across all the dimensions, literally beating the crap out of, uh, out of other Power Rangers, stealing their powers, and he's become this almighty Power Ranger god. It's so badass, Steve. Like, I haven't been excited about comics in years. The last time I bought comics legitimately was when I was reading the My Little Pony series, about three years back, and then I stopped. And I heard about Shattered Grid, which is basically evil Tommy Oliver kills real Tommy Oliver in our dimension, and mm -hmm. there's no way to bring him back. Because that sucks. He yeah, he shatters the grid, and Jen, the pink Time Force Ranger, comes back in time and is like, I can't go back any further. What's happened is now history, so I can't fix it. And they're like, no way. I'm like, yeah, this is kind of permanent. So he's going across time, kicking the crap out of Rangers, stealing all their powers. He's evolving. And currently they're fighting on the moon. Like when we last left our Rangers, um, every, every Ranger that had survived. So certain Rangers from like other teams, you might see parts of SPD or RPM, Dino Charge, Mystic Force. Uh, Dino Thunder, whatever, come together with the now canon Hyper Force Rangers, who was 
the show put on by Geek and Sundry. I think mm-hmm. it was Geek and Sundry. Yep. Uh, Hyperforce. And now they're canon. They're officially canon. Uh, they team up and they charge Lord Draken's moon base. And uh, now there's a new Megazord made up of the Jungle Fury Megazord, the Zeo Megazord, um, one of the Ninja Steel ones, I think, and something else. And they're like, what the hell do we call this thing? They're like, well, why don't we survive first and then we'll worry about naming it. Um, so it it's pretty cool. Like I said, it's... I haven't been excited about a property like this in forever. Like um, I started collecting the legacy toys last year or just the, the end of the end of the year before last. Um, I had to sell some of my toys to buy my wheelchair last year. My wife, God bless her, found a killer deal, got most of my collection back. My friend, Jen, uh, who's an artist who does some things for uh, Terrible Warriors. If you want to look her up, I think on DeviantArt or Etsy, I think she goes by Jelly Swirl Studios or Jelly Soup. I think it's Jelly Soup. Um, you should look her up. She's pretty She's pretty legit. Um, yeah, I'm actually familiar me, with her a little bit just because she... Interacts uh, with the show. Yeah. Yeah, so she got me uh, some of my stuff back. She got me uh, all the Mighty Morphin light figures. Actually... Um, weird little bit a friend of the show a friend of twig a guy named cleva i met him at pax east a couple years ago um is actually coming up to visit me here in my hometown of guelph now so i haven't seen this kid in like almost seven years um he's coming up to guelph to talk power rangers tomorrow so my life is nothing but power rangers right now and i'm kind of excited about this um so, yeah, I mean, there's going to be some cool things coming up for the property in the next year. Beast Morphers is the new show that's being adapted by Hasbro and uh, Saban Brands for next year. And it's basically like it was based upon another Sentai show that was very spy focused, like James Bond, but with Power Ranger stuff. This hmm. one, it kind of reminds you of Power Rangers RPM, where there's this computer virus that becomes sentient and starts kicking the crap out of things so it looks cool they showed off the first full trailer at power morphicon which was about a week ago which is the power rangers convention that happens every two to three years and um they had so many full casts at power morphicon um another neat thing that was announced is there's a new line of toys coming out since bandai has lost or sold the license rather to hasbro they're going to have a new line of figures called the Lightning Collection, which is an anthology collection of figures. So very similar to Bandai's Legacy line, where they were six-inch and they'd be different waves of figures. You might get Mighty Morphin, Zeo, or in space or whatever. This time, they're going to do an anthology. So you might get Mighty Morphin, Mystic Force, and Turbo or something. So I don't know. That's pure speculation on my behalf. Um, but they showed off the White Ranger. Mm-hmm. And he's got swappable heads, and accessories, sound effects. It looks really sweet. And they're going to be able to keep the price point of about 20 bucks US. Nice. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to collect my Mighty Morphin. I didn't fall. I didn't watch Zeo when it was on TV. I did. I would get Turbo because I did like the movie, which is a guilty pleasure of mine. It's Power Rangers, man, and it's got Tommy in it. And, and I, if they did RPM, I would buy them in a heartbeat. R- RPM or SPD. 
SPD. I'm just finishing now. I've been watching that show for like a year. I have five episodes left. And I every time I go to watch it, I'm thinking, I don't want to finish this. I don't want it to end. And it's one of the best Power Rangers series I've ever seen. I love that cast. RPM's probably my favorite, though, because it was basically Power Rangers meets the Terminator. Hmm. Um, it was dark. People died. Uh, the one girl essentially dooms the world because she wanted out. And it's, it's, it's crazy. If you get the time, watch Power Rangers RPM. You will not be sorry. So anyway, now that I've ranted about that for about 10 minutes or so, um yeah go go watch some power rangers i'm sure you will not be sorry like i said if you're gonna watch anything and start fresh start with rpm spd is pretty cool dino thunder has tommy in it it's the return of tommy and, i've actually uh, watched a lot of these and gone back yeah uh, just because uh, just previously I, i've watched them sporadically just based on uh who's in them mm-hmm so, like, I've watched, you know, like, some of the stuff around, uh, like, I, I didn't watch the series that, that had Forever Red. I just watched the specific episode. Yep, same here. I think that was, it wasn't Lost Galaxy. I want to say, I've, was it Time Force? No, that one was... Dino Thunder? No. Di no, Dino Thunder was, was... later. That one was the one with Tommy as the Black Ranger. Yes, um, which I did watch all of that. I did watch Time Force, uh, In Space, Turbo. I, I pretty much watched it all the way through Zeo, and then I stopped watching. And then mm -hmm. I started watching again. I Periodically, I'd watch like Turbo, In Space. Um, I watched some Time Force, Dino Thunder. Uh, RPM, I never really got into. Uh, Samurai, I really didn't get into. Megaforce, I watched. Oh, Megaforce um, was terrible. <laughs> Megaforce was terrible. Uh on, on a multitude of levels trying to copy what Mighty Morphin was. Mm -hmm. um, but I did enjoy, even though it was a crap cameo at the end. Yeah, the legendary battle. It was a cool idea, just poorly executed. Mm -hmm. Which was kind of crappy. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, go back and give RPM a shot. I think you'll be really and genuinely surprised by it especially if you stick with it past the first 12 episodes. Um, it gets a little there. There, One of the things I liked about RPM is it doesn't feel like there's many filler episodes. It feels like everything is pushing the plot forward um, in some capacity. Um, I haven't seen Samurai too much. I like the theme song. And I like the character designs. I just don't like the characters. Although that being said, one of the, one of the girls from it, in, in the Power Rangers Shattered Grid comics, Jaden leaves and leaves, um, I can't remember her name, uh, leaves her, Lauren, leaves Lauren as the new Red Ranger, hmm. which is kind of cool. That's the second female Ranger outside of SPD's uh, A-Squad, where there was a female Red Ranger. So that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I mean... I'm surprised how well the show has endured over 25 years, considering how goofy the concept is. Um, yeah, and, and how many times that they keep getting the older Rangers to return? Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure if you promise Jason David Frank, hey, we'll give you 25 bucks in access to the catering truck, I'm pretty sure he'll show up. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, actually, the person that surprised me the most to see in this 
was Steve Car- uh, Cardenas uh, as Rocky. That's, really? And, yeah, and he had speaking lines. So I was like, that's awesome. Well, I'm surprised they had Cat back in it. Yeah, especially as Pink Turbo. Yeah, and um, the, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that they had um, uh, the, I'm trying to remember the, the Rangers, like the, the Blue Space Ranger TJ, like it doesn't surprise me he was there because like he's kind of been in a lot of the stuff. And he's aged remarkably. Almost everybody on that cast has aged remarkably gracefully. Mm-hmm. Um, like in uh, Time Force Red, he he comes back quite often too. Yeah, Wes. Yeah, he comes back. Um, at Power Morphicon, they had Jen back, and she's aged remarkably great. I would have liked to have seen her come back, but I guess they only had so many female spots, so they gave that to Gia and the cat. So I'm pretty happy with that, all things considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely down with that. And then they had they had one Mega Force Ranger come back. Um, yeah, um, Gia. Which it's weird. She's involved in something. I think it comes out next month. It's Tommy. Uh, so Jason David Frank, Gia, and I think it's just those two. And the guy who played Ryu in the Bat in the Sun Street Fighter movies. It's for Power Rangers Legacy Wars, and Ryu gets a power coin and becomes the Ryu Ranger. So wow. he gets, yeah, it, it like, like go on YouTube, type in Power Rangers Street Fighter. You'll see the Bat in the Sun movies, but if you see the one from this past summer from uh, Comic Con, it's Power Rangers Legacy Wars, G Fuel, and some other company sponsored this little short. And it looks kind of awesome, actually. Like, you get to see, like, the ranger sentries from Lord uh, Draken's world, but you also get to see the black dino thunder ranger, the pink Zeo ranger, I think, shows up. And they're just fighting M. Bison and other bad guys from Street Fighter. It looks really cool. If goofy as hell, but really cool looking. Plus, the Dragon Zord is trash, and the Megazord's like all beat shit. Um, it's I don't know. It's I'm surprised that how many properties work with Power Rangers because now that Hasbro has it, like we talked about this months ago when the merger went through. Um, just imagine the possibilities of Power Rangers Transformers. Like my God. Yeah. Wait till next year, San Diego Comic-Con. If there isn't a Dinobot-themed Power Rangers recolor, I will eat my hat. It would surprise me if they didn't take advantage of that synergy. Because they already have all the molds for all the friggin' Dinobots. Yeah. Just, just recolor the power of the Primes or the Combiners stuff or the Transformers Generation stuff and re- re-release it. We'll buy it. We're stupid. Um uh, Anyway, yeah. I'm Mike. I'm Mike, and this is the news. Yeah, like basically, seriously, I I just want to fanboy out over this forever. Like I'm literally, as of this recording, I'm debating whether I want to stay up till three o'clock in the morning or set my alarm to twelve p or twelve a.m. Pacific time because I'm gonna presume that's when the comic app will switch over to to tomorrow. And the new comic will be available. I 
can't remember ever a midnight release for a comic. And I want to say there are midnight releases for this. See, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah, I know. Like it, it doesn't happen often, but it does happen every now and again for certain major events. And I want to say Power Rangers Shattered Grid is one of those things where if the store gets enough demand, they would do it. But I, I know Boom Studios has been really active on Twitter showing off this really cool hollow foil variant. The variants for these comics have been really awesome, like all the different covers. There's been some fantastic artwork uh, coming out of them. Um, I wish I could name the artist. I just I, I, I don't know them. But the writer, uh, Kyle D. Higgins, started the run on Power Rangers all the way back in issue zero, I want to say. And that was like two years ago. Well, he and also just, wrote a lot of stuff for DC before this. I really want to check out the stuff that he's written because if this is the quality I can expect, wow, I see, know any property he gets will be in good hands. See, uh, Blanchard was following his Nightwing mm -hmm. and because he enjoys the character of Nightwing. And so uh, when Kyle Higgins did that um, and then came over to Power Rangers, he was all for it. I would like to see Kyle Higgins take on Ninja Turtles. I think that'd be fun. Or Ghostbusters. Basically, any of the big properties, I'd like to see what he could do with. Although he did say on Twitter he'd love to take on Spider-Man. That'd be interesting. Higgins on Spider-Man could actually be really cool. Um, and I actually uh, tweeted at, at like Higgins and a bunch of other people. I'm like, dude, for the love of all that is holy, can you please make a tabletop role-playing game out of this? Which, there is a new Power Rangers board game coming out called uh, Heroes of the Grid. And it's a cooperative two- to five-player board game where you have to defeat various monsters. There's like a Green with Evil expansion. There's a Shattered Grid expansion coming out. Um, it comes out next March, I want to say. It looks pretty cool. They, they were showing it off at Power Morphicon, there's various scenarios you can build, so it's never the same game twice. It's, I think it's like $80 to get in on it, I think, if you want just the base game. But if you pay $140, you get that and all the expansions that are coming out, plus all the stretch goals. So, mm -hmm. it, it's expensive. I think it's still got a fair chunk left on its Kickstarter, so don't quote me on that. But it was funded in less than eight hours. So look for that on store shelves next year at some point. Um, what else can I yip about Power Rangers for just a minute or other fun things? Batman the Animated Series. Yes, that comes out on Blu-ray on October 30th, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I'm pretty um, excited by how this looks because um, I own the DVDs. Yep, same here. And... They don't look that crisp. <laughs> now, here's a question. Did you buy the Blu-ray? Now, sorry. Did you buy the DVDs in the smaller releases or did you buy them in the big box set? Uh, smaller releases. Okay. Because I got the bigger box set for them, which I got in 2007, 2008. And evidently that set is somewhat hard to find now. Uh, there's, there's, well, I actually have a story. and. Okay. It, it kind of ties into this and it's the whole thing that uh, when you want something legit, you just pay the money. Mm -hmm. uh, you don't try and go on eBay and find it. Um, because years ago, 
shortly after the network was started, uh, Blanchard was showing me uh, his version of the the complete box set, collector's edition. I bought mine on eBay for about half um, because you couldn't find it anyway. And so I bought it on eBay and then we're looking at it and comparing the boxes and everything. And I had a bootleg from China where mm-hmm. half the words were like misspelled or like letters were missing from certain things and animated was spelled wrong. Um, some of the other stuff was wrong on it. Um, although all the DVDs were there. Um, so like there was a, like whatever the special, uh, disc was that came with it, like the behind the scenes disc, um, for the bootleg. Um, I think I watched it before I sent it back to eBay, mm-hmm. uh, and got my money back because it was a bootleg. Um, and that wasn't the only time I've gotten a bootleg from eBay. The other time I bought Arkham Asylum and it was a bootleg. Um, but, uh. Yeah, I, I I did that, and then so I ended up going to Walmart and buying the the individual DVD boxes of each uh, season of that and Batman Beyond. When I bought my box set, I did it. <sighs> How to phrase it without sounding like an asshole? <laughs> So this was before Blockbuster closed down. Um, and we were walking through uh, Blockbuster at the time, me and some of my uh, college roommates. And my friend uh, at the time, Pierce, was this ridiculous Batman fan. And he's like, oh, man, I, I really should get that Batman series. I mean, it's the only one here and blah, 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 blah. And at this time, i just gotten paid and I'm thinking – I kind of like Batman. That show is pretty cool. So I think I bought it out of spite. <laughs> He's like, I want that. And I'm just thinking, well, if you're not going to buy it now, I might as well. And then I found out it's gone for stupid expensive. Yep. I, I, I'm actually just going to look it up on eBay right now. because I'm kind of curious to see how much it's currently going for. I know that price will drop because the Blu-ray will have more more uh special features and whatnot and that's kind of another interesting topic of when you have something that is a collectible and then the company decides to come up with something that's even better than the original version that you bought mm-hmm. thus making your originals uh basically garbage so i'm looking it up right now we're currently let's see best match i want prices highest first the box set is currently worth um 361 dollars currently but let's see i'm just curious here uh let's see how much it's sold for recently that box set has sold for yeah 361 dollars nice was, was the last one that was sold now one sold a couple of weeks ago for 132 so the value varies. You're you're at least going to get if I had to value this thing at about 150 bucks, but you could get up to I'm going to say you could probably get a reasonable 200 for this if there weren't many listings on eBay. Yep. Because uh, right now the seems the average price is about 128 to 130, but it doesn't pop up that often. 
So that's kind of cool just to know that. Hey, someone got a steal at um, at uh, eighty five dollars. Man, Please. I should have sold this thing off a couple of years ago. Yeah, um, and that's that's kind of a boat that I'm in too. I, I have all this Star Wars stuff, mm-hmm. and because Hasbro's decided to come out with the um, black edition, yep, of everything, every one of these figures is worth nothing. Yep, because the the market falls right out of the bottom, and Star Wars is the worst of it. Um, I remember years ago when I used to collect Star Wars, the big thing was the VOTC collection, which is still, as far as I know, still fairly sought after. But the black collection in the six-inch scale has all the posability of the VOTC at a higher scale, higher price point, but it's much nicer. Um I only have I have three figures in this scale. I have a stormtrooper, a snow trooper, and Django Fett. And when I look at the older figures from say uh, the not the Force Awakens collection, I'm trying to remember not Power of the Jedi because that was like late Power of the Force. Yeah, Power of the Force and Power of the Force Two. Those 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 figures are worth nothing because those were in the '90s where they were all super buff. And then after um, Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, figures were, I don't know, they were okay. I think between Revenge of the Sith and just after VOTC, uh, the Vintage Trilogy Collection, I think that was the best Star Wars had been because everything was super posable. The three and a half inch line looked really good. The sculpting was really nice. The vehicles looked amazing. We actually got vehicles. the the black series in the three in the three and a half inch scale or smaller, I think looks stupid, but the black collection in the six inch looks amazing. Yep. Um, one of the things I saw there were actually there's black black collection vehicles. I know I saw that because I was I I have all of the vehicles, um, from the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I've sold off the uh, uh, the the Nubu starship. Um, I've sold uh, Boba Fett's vehicle. I've yep, sold Slave One. Yep, I've sold an X-wing. I've got a Snowspeeder. I've got a uh, Adat Walker. Um, Steve, if you didn't live four hours away, I would so get those off you. I Just because they're gorgeous display pieces. Mm-hmm. I don't have the Millennium Falcon. I believe my stepdad kept that. Um, I have Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. Um, I have all of the 12-inch line from the Phantom Menace and uh, the original trilogy. Uh, I have a variety of other creatures. I have a ton of the card game and um, comics, but uh, I'm about to offload all of it. Uh, soon i'm putting some of it in a yard sale that's worth nothing and uh the rest of it i'm taking to a flea market actually uh speaking of that myself um i've posted a couple p- uh, pictures up on twitter i've posted of my power rangers collection it's of a bookshelf now before that was my geek library that was my resource archive i'm actually taking a lot of those books i had on that shelf to a local bookstore hopefully this week or next week uh, just to try and offload them, try and get a bunch of trade credit towards I, – I, I don't even know what at this point. I'm just trying to downsize right now 
because I realize a lot of the, a lot of my information, as as cool as it is having it in a book, I can always just get it off the internet, and the information will likely be more up to date and more accurate. Yeah, books are I, nice, but I just I can't hold on to as many as I used to. Yeah, I I personally like to um, uh, I I like to get the most up to date best looking version of whatever it happens to be. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't have, I have nostalgia for the character and for the appearance during that timeline, but I don't have nostalgia for the specific figure. If it wasn't show accurate. Yeah. Like for me, um, when like to talk about power Rangers again, when the lightning collection comes out, I will look at my power ranger legacy collection from Bandai and whatever figures are best looking will get kept. The figures that are not as good looking will get sold or traded off for something. Because there's always there's always purists out there. Like in Star, if Star Wars collecting has taught me anything, there's a there there's a collector for everything. Um, especially if you keep it in really 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 good shape. So I'm uh, kind of hoping that the Lightning Collection will be nicer and I can find things because. Uh, some of those figures, man, for Bandai Legacy are worth way more than what they should be. And I'm not a big fan of that. Like, um, for example, to get a, a green Ranger figure, I, I, I looked this up today on Amazon. People want $150 on eBay. That's about the average price. The Power Morphicon exclusive Lord Draken figure averages about $120. Um, and the figure's only been out for a year, maybe a year and a half, too, at most. That's nutty that a figure can be that short-packed or that sought-after that the value jumps that much. Um, when I collected Star Wars, um, I kept most of my Revenge of the Sith stuff until the VOTC stuff came out, and then I upgraded all my all of my uh, clone troopers, all my stormtroopers, to what the newest versions were because they looked better. They were better posable. They fit on vehicles better. But that's one thing I've always liked about Star Wars. The vehicles stay pretty much in scale. Although with The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, their stuff was a little less consistent because um, Poe Dameron never fit in his X-Wing as well as he should have. You really had to jam him in there to fit him in that cockpit properly. Um so that was kind of a pain, pain in the butt. Um, but just some of the collectibles that you've mentioned, uh, you've had a beautiful collection, especially that Royal Naboo Starship. I know that goes for a good chunk of money. I sold that on eBay, I think, for around 150 bucks. That's not bad. I think you probably could have got more, but did, it, did you have It was pushing it. Yeah? It, it cost, it killed me in shipping. Oh, Yeah. It's such an awkward shape. And then uh, I figured out you could take the nose off of it. Oh. Which helped. Um, because it's such an awkward shape. Um, I had that problem with another thing, too, that I shipped. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was another um, insane... I'd have to look it up. Uh, it was it was a weird angle, um, which seems to be the problem with a lot of these toys. Um, if they're vehicles, uh, I came close to selling the ad at at one point, mm-hmm. um, but it just, it didn't go for whatever reason. I did sell, I had a Darth Vader helmet, 
which was like a reproduction type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it, it went for about thirty five bucks. I mean, I've I've had most of the items go like well over um, fifty or, or so items, uh, but it's it's still it, it kind of overall just the process has kind of sucked just trying to offload uh, a lot of these items. I, I think, what was it I sold? Every day we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Um, yes, yeah, like I said, I sold the Boba Fett Slave one. I have, uh, I had three of the action figure storage bins that were shaped like the Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, uh, I, I have two left at this point. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I sold a number of the 12 inch figures um, that were new in box, mostly the, the Queen Amidala, mm-hmm. which was kind of funny that those went away. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't know. It's I, I'm not sad to see him go really all that much uh, just because none of it's worth anything and I, I'm not going to be displaying any of it. So um I did manage to find uh, a uh, uh, old Captain Kirk figure I had from Playmates back in the '90s, from when they had uh, the original series characters all sold as a set in that like original series like cardboard box TOS bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, I did find my Captain Kirk from that uh, in this this collection because this was all stuff that they saved uh, from when I was a kid and kind of put some of my own collection in with some of their collection that were they were going to give to me when I got older. So I've been thinking about this uh, just because I've noticed Walmart has been reissuing certain toys. Walmart's been reissuing Transformers recently. Yeah, they got the rights to it after Toys R Us closed. And I've been thinking about it, but I can't justify the, the, those prices. In Canada, for example, they want $50 for a reissue Starscream. I'm pretty sure Starscream, when he came out, retailed for about $15.99. Now, I'd be willing to pay $30.99 for a reissue, but $50? You're out of your damn mind. They were $40 at Toys R Us. Yeah, and they want $100 in Canada for the, for the Devastator box set. You can buy a knockoff Devastator at the dollar store for like $10. Yep. Um, and it's the exact same mold. Mind you, the plastic is crap, but still, it's a functional devastator. Um, and I was just like, you've got to be you've, you've got to be kidding me. And they want $40 for Hot Rod, non-target master? Come on. You've got to be kidding me. 
And I remember when Toys, not when not when Toys R Us, when Walmart had the masterpiece uh, reissues. You could get uh, Thundercracker and uh, Skywarp, I think, for like a hundred bucks, and that's worth it for a masterpiece figure. But for a reissue G one, you're kidding me, because I think they also had Ultra Magnets a couple years ago and prime and i think they went for 50 60 bucks each and that's not terrible those are at least worth it in my mind anyway see i the only ones i see because i used to own masterpiece prime mm -hmm. i sold him i bought him for 60 dollars mm -hmm. at target um when he came out in i think 2005 or 2006 yep um MPO one, you know, they never made one that scale again because uh, he was unfortunately taller than ninety percent of the masterpiece figures. Mm -hmm. uh, so he wasn't in scale, even with uh, some of the later ones that came out. So that's why they kept coming out with masterpiece primes after that. Um, but uh, loved the figure, sold it on eBay, doubled my money. I bought mine for twenty five bucks in package. See, I bought I bought it in package uh, in the store, but they had an entire aisle of this figure at the time. I can't remember how I bought. I think it was at a store that was closing. That and probably is what it was. I think so, but I'm not 100 percent sure. Either that or I bought it private. I can't remember. I sold all my Transformers. I had to drive three hours to sell them, but I made like seven hundred dollars. So I paid off one. One of my wife's tickets or something because she got a speeding ticket or something stupid. Um, that's where most of my toy money goes these days. If only something spike. only you, you can hear her in the background, uh, only two she says to, um, hey, fuck you. <laughs> that's marriage, folks. Um, uh, but yeah, um, I don't know, it's collecting is sort of. Now that I'm older and a little bit wiser and a little bit downsizing, I'm starting to learn what really matters. I mean, I was actually talking about this the other day with uh, my friend Tristan. We were talking about this on Twig. Um, video games, for example, right now, uh, the big push is to get physical because a lot of these companies are moving towards digital. So people want physical copies. I'm the opposite. I want digital so I can take it with me everywhere. I'd rather have it tied to an account in the cloud where I can just download it to my Xbox One or my PS4 or my Switch or whatever, um, as opposed to lugging around a crap ton of physical discs. Um, and since uh, I moved two years ago, the movers ripped me off and I'm missing all these games. This wouldn't be a problem if I had them all digital. So... I don't know. It's it's kind of funny how our collecting habits change as the technology and as we get older, things change. Because I know we've talked about this a number of times in the show. Like, for example, if I'm going to collect comics, I'm only doing digital. You're selling off your collection. You're focusing on other things now. Um, it's kind of weird. It's like the nerd circle of life, if you will. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of a news item, um, I don't know whether you talked about it last week. Did, did you talk about the song of joy that came out of Warner Brothers television last week? No. Okay. The song of joy. The long national nightmare is over, Steve. The Big Bang Theory's ending. I liked the show. 
shut up. It's over. Oh it my God. It wasn't that bad. 279 episodes. It's over next May. I'm so happy. Um, the only thing I'm excited about it ending is, is the fact that one it started grading on me when they, they had Howard and Bernadette have two kids and you never see them. Yeah. I think, well, okay. Here's a question I'm going to propose to you because I proposed it to Tristan on Twig. When does a show run its course? How many episodes should you be able to tell a complete story? Until it's no longer relevant. So you're willing to keep going as long as you've got something to say? As long as there's something to say and as long as it's still relevant. And what I, I mean by that is I think the Big Bang Theory is is finally hitting that stage only because they've taken all of these uh, quote-unquote geeks from their stereotypical uh and very heavily stereotypical uh, geek uh, nature and turn them into fully functional human beings that have a geek tendency like normal people mm -hmm. um, by the end of the show, which I think uh, kind of finally fulfills that, which people were complaining about the first like five seasons. Um, so I think that at that point it's run its course, uh, but there's also shows like um, uh, Supernatural, for instance, 12 seasons plus it's, on, it's going on 13 this year that's nuts and to be honest it should have ended at the end of season five a, well it that's the original end date and that's when the original creator left the show but the problem was is they left it on a cliffhanger mm -hmm. and it was it was like the bookend for that um that creator and they dragged it in season six and seven and part of eight when they got a new show writer season nine was getting better again. And they were tying up loose ends that were created in the first five seasons mm -hmm. uh, throughout these, these later seasons. And honestly, they should have quit at 10 or 11 uh, because they they went to basically like they went all the way up to God at this point. Mm -hmm. yeah. So like, how do you trump that? Well, I was kind of to me, to me, like it was kind of like that was another logical ending. And then they, they threw another like monkey wrench in it. That really wasn't a monkey wrench, but they made it into one. And then they dragged it out and opened up a whole nother can of worms with alternate dimensions because they ran out of stories to tell in the current dimension. Um, I was talking with uh, Tristan about this and I, I, I brought up Supernatural as, as an example of a show that still surprisingly has legs and another show I think that had a picture perfect ending if it had ended when it was supposed to was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. That show should have ended at 100 episodes when Buffy died, and the final shot was Buffy Summer. She saved the world a lot. And the world is safe from glory and the hell dimension and all this other shit, and Sunnydale is saved rather than at the end of season seven where she fights the first evil and Sunnydale is destroyed. Sure, it was unending. It was okay. But I, I don't think it lacked as I don't think it had as much impact as the the star of the show sacrificing herself to do the right thing. But I digress because when when a show makes money, for example, like Supernatural, 
you want to keep it going. Same with Big Bang Theory. The show is infinitely profitable with merchandising and syndication rights. 12 seasons that show has. A syndication run is typically five seasons, 100 episodes. That's what you want to get to. Look you can at sell your rights off. Well, look at Law and Order and all these different shows oh, like God. that. Yeah. How many seasons of that do you honestly need before it's repetitive and it's old? Don't get me wrong. I, I know that they take real court cases or real like crimes and, and incorporate them into the show. So it's it stays relevant, but at the same time, it you can just turn on the news. <laughs> Like, why do I have to watch a, a dramatized procedural that, that talks about the news the same way the news does, except it's taking it from a different angle and, and less garbage. And it's it's actually more intelligent than what the news actually portrays it most of the time. And I, I just would rather watch anything else other than that at that point. Um, mm-hmm. But like, I don't, I don't know. I think. I, like I said, I think there's shows where they, they run their logical course in, you know, one to, to three years. There's certain ones that run their course in like up to seven or eight. And then there's other shows that they can kind of go on for a little bit longer. But I, I honestly think that you get kind of 10 years, you're kind of long in the tooth at that point. Like it's you, I mean, you kind of you kind of stepped over into that second decade or that second um generation of television to where things have evolved and you're kind of just grappling on because you were there before. I mean, one of the shows I think defies expectations in this regard is doctor who, because the show constantly reinvents itself when they have a new doctor or a new actor portraying the doctor. Cause they're never fresh. Yeah. Which keeps it fresh. It never, I mean, sure. There are plot threads that wrap up from previous incarnations of the doctor. Like for example, the Dalek and the bad wolf storyline uh, continuing on even as far as, as, as Matt Smith, I think you could argue with uh, where you meet, where they meet up with uh, the war doctor in there um, stuff like that. Um, so I don't know. It just, it's, it, it's kind of funny that this show has big bang theory rather has impacted so much of geek culture for better or for worse, depending on who you want to talk to. I didn't I, say that it's done it for worse or for better, but there have been some entertaining and funny oh yeah, aspects to it. Absolutely. I will totally grant you there have been some really genuinely funny moments on that show. But I think, as I've said on this show in previous years, the show could be nerd blackface at times which I know is a very offensive term to use, but just the fact, I think it made geeks look stupider at times by we became a a joke, a meme. And I don't know, maybe I'm just too sensitive towards it because I think we're sensitive towards it to some degree because we were there before it became mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. It's sort of like, Hey man, we we're not all weirdos like this sort of thing and you know what i think you hit it right on the head we're just we were there before it and it's not like we were there before it was cool but it kind of rubs me that way so please don't think i'm a geek hipster folks yeah i, I, I mean really I'm not, try not yeah um but yeah on a, on a lighter note did you want to try and i i have a feeling this is going to fail miserably but i I, did you want to try the the pitching your own movie slash tv show okay tell me how this works okay so this card game is called by the rights 
and it's it's a movie pitching part party game basically it, it's it's basically something you do when you're you know uh, looking for a laugh of absurdity or a drinking game you know or, or something to that degree um anyways uh, what what the aspect of is that you're a struggling screenwriter and nobody's buying the scripts you're selling and then you you know basically uh you're, you're trying to pitch a movie to a producer and so they give you four stacks of decks of, of different cards uh like a genre a descriptor a hero and a plot and then you have to create the story around that okay um you know obviously it'd be modified because it's a podcast um and there's two of us <laughs> so All right. um so I, I think it would be interesting to modify it in the sense that we we both collaborate into whatever the card is pulled uh, for each of them and kind of build on that and create a, whether it's an intelligent or an absurd story uh, <laughs> using any of these things. And I, I have the 80s expansion too. All right. So I don't know what route you want to go, whether it's 80s or you want to do a mix or you... Go nuts. Go nuts. Okay. Let the cards decide. Let the cards decide. So, I'm going to grab a genre. All right. Um, first card I pull is a parody. Okay. So that's that's our our genre. All right. Um, so the descriptor. Uh, and some of these are like hilarious too. Uh. uh World famous is the descriptor. I have a feeling this is going to be terrible. Um, let's pull the blue card. Hero uh, is the rookie cop. Okay. And the plot is getting sucked into a video game where they must beat every level in order to return home. Okay, so basically we're looking at a parody of Wreck-It Ralph is how I'm seeing this. A, a world-famous um, rookie cop. So well, it's like... Axel Foley. No, wait, he wasn't a rookie. No, kind of, maybe? If you consider his first film... Okay, so Axel Foley gets sucked into a video game and he has to save the world by going through parodies of other 80s cop movies. So he has to go through Beverly Hills Cop Lethal Weapon, 48 Hours. Die Hard. Die Hard, A Stakeout. <laughs> and I'm trying to think, what's another 80s cop movie that, that, that you'd have to go through? Tango and Cash and Turner and Hooch. Police and Police Academy. Police. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Academy. That would be hilarious, actually. So there we go. Who would his partner be? Um, has to be has to be his polar opposite. Um, John McClane. John McClane, and their comic relief is Al Powell playing the exact same character from Die Hard. Okay. And then uh, the sound effects for the entire movie would have to be from Police Academy. Yep, he does every sound effect. Yep, Michael every sound Winslow. effect. Yep. Michael Winslow. There could there there will be not any other sound effect. It would just be Michael Le- Winslow. Yep, the entire time. Which would be hilarious, actually. <laughs> <laughs> You'd have to do the soundtrack too. Yes. No soundtrack by Jan Hammer is the guy who does the Miami Vice soundtrack. So it'll be very synthy sounding, but it'll sound awesome. Or Wang Chung. Well, isn't Beverly Hills Cop like uh, kind of synth too? He is. I'm trying to think. I don't know who did the sound. Uh, uh, Harold Faltermeyer did the soundtrack for that. So you know what? That would be awesome too. So get Jan Hammer, Harold Faltermeyer, and they combine on the soundtrack with a single by Wang Chung. I put way too much thought into this. That's part of the fun of it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And who would the villain be? Oh, easily. Hans Gruber. Um, so Alan Rickman. Uh trying to think who else? Who uh the bad guys from Beverly Hills Cop 2, who was also Grissom from CSI. Okay. And the henchmen are nothing but ninjas. Ninjas. Because every 80s movie somehow always had to have a ninja. I know it was really weird. Like Die Hard had a ninja. Um, uh, Beverly Hills Cop, I believe, had a ninja. Yeah, there was always somebody who knew martial arts. Yeah, it was it was it was like a like their their token like martial Superpower. artist. Yeah, it, it was like what? And they had they always had somebody like that in Police Academy too. Yep, there was always some random badass martial artist. So okay, what else we got? Um. Uh, let's see. So, so we have a very inventive '80s movie for yep. one. I do you think that this would stand like if they were to have done this movie like today? It's just a fun parody movie. It had everybody still been alive. Do you think that this would have been something uh, that that could have gotten made in the way that we we got the? Uh... I think so. If you could have gotten. You could have made this movie in the late eight, in the late nineties to the early two thousands, um, because you needed certain people to be alive, and this is when the parody genre was really ramping up. So this was in the era of scary movie, epic movie, uh, date movie, shit like that. Yeah, yeah, I'd say there's a possibility this could have succeeded, even if it was a lower budget thing, as long as you had Eddie Murphy and. Um, John McClane, help me out. What's his Bruce name? Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. If you could have got them on board, everybody else would, would have just fallen in line. 
plus yeah. Wang Chung. They're like, oh my God, people remember us. Um, so I think you could have honestly had this happen because this would have been a killer soundtrack. It, it would have been honestly like quite fun to go see too. I can already see the movie poster and the tagline of this movie would have been, do you have enough quarters to save the world? What would you title the movie? Uh, <laughs> picks, uh, try, pixelated or something like that. Or um, Beverly Hills Cop 4. Uh, I'm trying to think here. 8-Bit um, Heroes. <laughs> That's it. That's good. Eight bit heroes. <laughs> Eight bit heroes. Yeah, somebody orders to save the world. Somebody <laughs> needs to create a poster for that. This would be awesome if you 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 could make this in perler bead art so easily, or just take one of those eight bit Photoshop filters and just put it over Eddie Murphy and John McClane and just put Donkey Kong in the background, and you would have it. Basically, it's pixels, but with Eddie Murphy and Bruce Willis. Yes, this needs to happen. This would be hilarious. I, I'm going to try and work on this tonight just because it would be funny. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's do another one. Um, all right. Let me put those cards down. All right. Um, trying not to grab something that's similar. Okay, genre, puppet. Okay. This is going to be really weird, I have a feeling. <laughs> Descriptor, cyborg. So, puppet, cyborg, okay. I have no idea where this is going. Con artist. Okay, puppet, cyborg, con artist, okay. This could not have come up any, any uh, funnier. Planning to rob three Las Vegas casinos simultaneously. Okay, so I'm seeing. Oh, actually, okay, I can actually do this. I, I can do this. Okay, so you set this in the reality of the of the video game slash tabletop role playing game Shadowrun, which has orcs, dwarves, and trolls and elves, which would be portrayed by puppets. Um, cyborgs, since they have. Uh, chrome in that world so like wired reflexes cyber eyes and metal legs and arms and shit and the con artist part comes in so a cybernetic troll decides he's uh, he's uh, he's out of jail he needs money so basically you remake oceans 11 with middle earth and um there there you go it's shadow run seven it's shadow run oceans 11 the only civilized uh, location is like your your uh, your Las Vegas. Yeah, and it's all Las Vegas. It's all practical effects, so they're all puppets. Now that I'm not saying they have to look, they have to look like Muppets, but think practical special effects. So yeah, this could be, frankly, this would be friggin' awesome if you could make a cyberpunk practical effect heist movie. I would go see this every day just to make sure it cracked number one at the box office. Hell, I want to make this movie. That would be funny, actually. Uh, it, it's actually kind of funny that that puppet came up considering we had that Melissa McCarthy movie come out. Yeah. Uh, the the Happy uh, Time Murders. Which evidently it didn't do too well. It, it only bombed. cracked. 
It cracked third place with $10 million, though it wasn't the worst performance. I think it's the worst performance of her wide release career, but not the worst performance of her career, which is kind of crappy because the idea is great, but here in the movie itself, it falls very short on its jokes. Yeah, it's it's very lowbrow. That sucks. I had such high hopes for that movie. But had they had they done it differently, we could have ended up with this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We we could have had a cyberpunk heist movie. That would have been awesome. So scale on, on one to ten, how how well do you think this this would have done in theater? If you put this movie out now, it would do awesome simply because people are hyped about the cyberpunk genre because people loved shit like the matrix blade runner did pretty well people remember movies like johnny mnemonic and strange days um the shadow run role-playing game it's still pretty popular in certain circles and there was the movie bright which came out on netflix about a year or two ago and i think people liked it for the most part it introduced the idea of urban fantasy with orcs dwarves and trolls existing in the world with guns computers and the internet um yeah i think this movie could actually be really successful you just have to lay the basis of the world down first and really be nothing but practical effects if you could have me convincingly believe that a troll carrying an assault cannon was robbing the bellagio i am there yesterday because and i say practical effects because as much as i love lord of the rings I'm a little sick of CG. I want makeup. I want practical effects. I want puppets. I want stuff that looks good on. I want stuff that has weight to it. Stuff that looks like it has momentum. So I think stuff like that can be really successful because my big problem with the last uh, Hobbit movies is there was a lot of CG. And CG is cool and everything, but it will never be practical. Oh, no, no. And that's that's probably why, uh, you know, like the the Force Awakens was better than like the Han Solo movie. Exactly because you need practical CG is cool. CG in the right places is cool, but you will never beat something you can see, feel, and touch. Yep, yep. I I definitely am in, on that that boat with you. I I like the fact of. Uh, practical effects over over a ton of cgi that's i think that's part of why like the christopher nolan batman films did so well too exactly because they had real guys doing the stuff they had it felt real it was rooted in reality as opposed to superheroic fantasy which is okay and i think that works for his style of filmmaking uh so let's do one more before we round out the show okay so let's see Okay, we got period piece. Okay. Which could be anything. All right. Um, let me take from my 80s pile. Grizzled. Okay. Is the, the descriptor. And then let's see. Special Forces team. Ooh. Fighting a cybernetic hitman sent from the future. Okay picture this 
It's it, the 1940s. A grizzled, hard-boiled special forces team sent behind enemy German lines has to fight an experimental German Terminator sent from an alternate future where the where the Germans won. So this Terminator is sent back in time to assure the success of Hitler. So it's so it's still Arnold. Yeah, it's still Arnold, except he's a Nazi. So his uh, his Austria. Yes, it's gonna be. Oh my god, this could be freaking awesome if you had World War II units fighting a Terminator. Just imagine a T eight hundred exoskeleton punching a tank and it flying across the battlefield. Like, oh my god, this could be awesome. Terminator nineteen forty two. I'm stealing this idea for a role-playing game. Oh, my God, this could be so cool. Um, But, yeah, okay. So um, the Special Forces team led by, um, I want to see, has to be someone iconic. I want want someone not, I want someone who's an old movie star who could pull this off. Uh, Sean Connery. Yeah, Sean Connery leads a team of Scottish commandos. Or uh, SAS commandos. So the Scots are there with them. So it's a British SAS team sent behind the enemy lines in Berlin. They're there to steal something. And then they find out the Nazis have this future tech and the Terminators come back to help them win the war. And the British SAS has to stop them before the Terminator can give them like future Hydra like weaponry, which would overwhelm the allies. I could see that. And we'd call it probably like future shock or dawn of fate or something like that. I like future shock. And that, and the future, the, 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 the poster would be the Terminator's exoskeleton foot on top of a Nazi war helmet. And you just see the skulls in the background and the ruined theater of war of 1942. I can see that. That would be, my God, can somebody out there draw this? Cause that would be, Oh my God. And it would be, there's no fate, but what we make for ourselves. And it would be Sean Connery, Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, put Vin Diesel in there for fun. Uh, and, I don't know. Maybe um, I want someone plucky and funny. Johnny Knoxville? No. <laughs> Actually, you know what? He could work because he would be willing to do his own stunts and he would be great comic comic relief. And you have Linda Hamilton in there as the great-great-grandmother of Sarah Connor. And she's escaping the Germans. So it's like a quick Easter egg. You, you blink and miss it, but it's there. She's a nurse. Yes, that could work. That's where she works in the work ethic. To You have to fight for yourself, and you got to do all this. And when the time comes down to it, you got to be ready to fight, Sarah. So, yeah, there you go. There she learns from great-grandma great Connor, who was a nurse during the Second World War, and she escaped to uh, England and then came over to the States. Yeah, it sounds again, like we have our next Terminator movie. There we go. Screw this new one. I want this one. Nazi Terminators. That would be Bach. <laughs> That'd be so cool. Oh my god, man. 
See, see the possibilities with a randomized card game. Oh yeah, like like we have three awesome movie posters here. A troll holding bags of money with like an M60 machine gun walking out of the MGM Grand, and it's like I can't think of, of a tagline, but it would just be called Heist, um, Shadowrun Heist, or something like that. Uh, and then we have Eight Bit Heroes. We just call the other one puppet work. That's good. See, <laughs> we have this figured out. We should be in Hollywood, Steve. You would think so. Someday, man. Someday. Someone will hire me to come up with really cool ideas like Nazi Terminators. And, and remember, folks, always punch Nazis. They could be a secret Terminator. You don't know this. Yeah, you don't. You don't. So let us know if you liked this segment, if you liked the ideas here, or if uh, you have suggestions for uh, things we should use depending on what card is pulled in the next game. Uh, and uh, yeah, just sound off, give us comments, and uh, let us know what you liked. Absolutely, guys. So be sure to interact with the show in a number of ways. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and I think you guys have an Instagram too, right? Yeah. So, Steve, if they wanted to get a hold of the show, they would do so by going to at Altered Geek. So until next time, folks, I have been Mike the Birdman Dodd from Twig, the Flagship of Stupid, joined with Steve Megatron Phillips. And as always, get geeky with the Altered Geek. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.